God is so good. We're going to continue this morning in our study through the Gospel of Mark, according to Mark, this young man. And we've learned already so many things out of this book, out of this Gospel. And remember, the reason why he wrote it is who Jesus is and why he came. People ask you in the street, who is Jesus? Will you be able to tell them who Jesus is? It is somebody with whom you have a personal relationship. If I come into your life and I say, your mother, can you explain to me who your mother is? Will you be able to do that? Of course you will, because you had a relationship with her. You grew up with her. If I ask that about your father, if I ask that about your brothers and your sisters, if I ask that about your husband and your wife, there's a relationship. And the question is, who is Jesus? He's the Son of God. He's the Son of Man. He is God Himself who came and lived among men, and lived amongst us. He's the one who gave us life. He's the one who take our sins away. He didn't only cover it, He take it away. And this is who Jesus is, the Son of God. He's not a prophet, only a prophet. The Bible says He's a prophet, and there's so many in the world who say He's a prophet. He's not only a man. He's the God-man with us, and He gave His life for us. So the question is, what did He do? He came to save sinners. And this is what Mark just unpacked for us. And we've had so many weeks. This is in week 13. And I want to continue from Mark 3, verse 13. So if you have your Bible, please follow. Otherwise, just look on the board and follow. He says in Mark chapter 3, verse 13, And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted. And they came to him. The most wonderful word this morning is that, and they came to him. Then he appointed twelve, that they might be with him. Look at this. They might be with him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to do what? To preach and to have power over, uh, to heal sickness and to cast out demons. Verse 16, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee and uh, John the brother of James, to whom he gave the name Bonerges, that is the sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Thathedes, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him, and they went into a house. Then a multitude came together again, so that they could not so as much eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went out and lay a hold of him, for they said, He is out of his mind. Let's thank the Lord for his word. Father, we thank you for the public reading of your word. And though I say nothing now, Father, I know that your word has gone out and it will not return void, but it will accomplish everything that has been purposed for. It is the discerner of the heart, and that's what I pray for this morning. Father, I pray that you help me strengthen my body, Father, to preach your word. Father, touch my mind with calmness, with vocabulary. Help me, Lord. I know already, Lord, your word is anointed. It is an anointed word. 
But I pray for the anointing in the preaching this morning to touch hearts. And Father, so I do pray for the hearers this morning to prepare their hearts to receive your word with gladness. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see here the calling of the 12 disciples. And I want to talk to you this morning about are you available? Are you available? That's the theme of the message this morning. First message for 2020. Robin was giving us a testimony. And I said that I'm going to use some of that testimony in the sermon today. She didn't know what I was going to preach about today. But the question here this morning to each one of you sitting here is, are you available? If you go to work, that's what your boss asks you, isn't it? Are you available to work? If you go to home, that's what people ask you. Are you available to clean the house? It's all about availability. And I like it what one man said, Hudson Taylor. Who knows who's Hudson Taylor? He's the missionary who brought the voice of God to China. Back in the day, when the Chinese didn't hear the word of God, he was the man who gave up everything he had. He became a missionary. He went to China, lived amongst them. And he, he responded to the call of God. Are you available, Hudson Taylor? Who would go to China? Who would give up everything he's got and go to China? What will you do if you get that voice this morning? Would you give up everything you've got and go after the direction and the vision of God? This man wrote these words down and I want to use it this morning. He said, I used to ask God if he would come and help me. And let me tell you, brother and sister, I've done this so many times in my life. As a preacher of the Word of God, I prayed so many times and I said, Lord, will you come and help me with what I'm doing? That's Siri, isn't it? Goodbye, Siri. <laughs> so he said, you know, I did that so many times in my life. I said, Lord, here I am doing this work of you. Please come and help me. But listen what Hudson Taylor says. He says, then I ask if I could come and help him. So his prayer changed. He says, Lord, come and help me with what I'm busy with. And that didn't work. And then what happened? He turned it around. He says, oh, Lord, if I could come and help you, can I come and help you? Let it be known this morning that God don't need your help. God is God on his own, isn't he? And some way, I also, in my span of preaching and being a pastor of churches and pioneering churches, I've done the same thing. I said, Lord, let me come and help you, or can you come and help me? And then Hudson Taylor says, finally, and I like this word, I ended by asking God to do His own work through me. So what has Hudson Taylor become? He became available for God to be used. It's not, Lord, I am busy with something, come and help me, or, or Lord, I'm going to help you. Oh, look at me, I'm so brilliant. Man, if I step up to help you, man, that's going to help you, God. No, no, it is God's work is done. I'm only available to be a vessel so that God can use me. So when you started talking about Christ and asked them if they were Christian, in that moment you said, I'm available to, to bring your message to a person. That's what availability is all about. You know, I recall what I've read about Charles Simon. 
Charles Simon was a preacher back in the, in the 17th going into the 1800s. He was walking in a graveyard amongst the graves and he was looking about the epithas, you know, the words that's written on these gravestones. And he came across these words. It said, When from the dust of death I rise to claim my mansion in the skies, even then shall this be all my plea. Jesus have lived and died for me. Those are beautiful words, isn't it? So Charles walked amongst these gravestones. He came to this one gravestone and that's what he reads. And it spurred him on so much. The message of the cross, the gospel on this man's gravestone. He was dead already. But still, on his epitaph, it was preaching the gospel. And he said, he, he was looking around, he wanted to share this to somebody. And as he walked amongst the gravestones, looking at somebody, maybe it's you know, the, the gardener or somebody, there was a lady standing there, distraught. He walked up to her and he says, Lady, come, I want to show you something. I came across this gravestone and this is what's written there. And she walked all the way with him and he read it for her. He said, how wonderful is it that it said here, Jesus has lived and died for me. This man surely gets it. He's saved. So he, 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 he met this lady and he started going to a house and when he visited her at a house as a preacher, as a pastor, she was very poor. Her mother was dying with cancer. And you know what happened? He started ministering to her, to the whole family. And then he started going back again and visited her. And then he set her up because he was a widow. He set her up and, and she started getting a better lifestyle. And she said to him these words long after. He said, Preacher, you know that day when you met me amongst the gravestones? I was at the lowest point of my life. And I was considering to commit suicide. You see what this man did? He was available. When he had the gospel, he said, Lord, use me. He was looking for somebody that he could share this with. There was another lady, a widow. She was getting old and she couldn't move around a lot. And she thought, Lord, what can I do? What can I do, Father? And the same words that, that Hudson Taylor said, he said, I ended asking God to do His, uh, uh, finally I ended by asking God, and now I'm asking God to do His work through me. And the only thing she could do was playing piano. So she thought, wait a minute, I can do something. So she put an ad in the newspaper and she said, anybody who calls me at this number, I will for free play for them hymns over the phone. How wonderful is that? And after months, people started ringing her up and all she would do is pick up the phone and say, what hymn do you want to hear? And the people would say, this is the hymn. She would put the phone down, play the whole hymn for those people to listen. And they would go back, say a short prayer, put the phone down, and the phone would ring again. You see, this lady was available. But what we're looking sometimes is that we're looking for ability, isn't it? Lord, I'm not able to do all of these things. Hudson Taylor didn't come to God and said, Lord, I'm not able to do it. He said, Lord, I'm available. This Charles Simeon didn't come and say, Lord, I'm not able to walk around. He was available. This old widow, she was available. My question to you this morning is, in 2020, are you available? 
Are you available for God? That's the question. You call yourself a child of God, a Christian? And this, this is going to be a confronting message because the commission is for us to go and make disciples. And I'm just following the narrative. So these people were available. You see, God is not looking for able people, but He's looking for available people. You say, but I can never be a preacher. I can never stand up there. How do you know? Have you ever tried it? But if you're not going to be a preacher, there's so many other things that God can use you for. Even if it is to pick up a phone and play on a piano music to somebody. Even if it is to talk to your neighbors. Even if it is to ask them if they're Christians. Even if it is to invite them. But it is. Are you available to live this Christian life? You don't have to be a preacher just out of your mouth. You've got to live this Christian life so that people can see it in you. You see, availability is to adjust your own schedule, your agenda, because we all have got agendas, don't we? We've all got our schedules. We've got to adjust our own schedule, agenda, and our plans to fit the desires of God and of others. That's when you're available. If you say, no, 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 I've got too much of myself going on here. I've got too many plans and actions and agendas to do. You are so busy, caught up in your own life, you can't even see the need of other people around you. That's not available. Availability is to adjust it. It makes your personal priorities secondary to the needs of God and to others. That is what availability is. It is to be always available to Him and to others when we are serving. You see, when you get up in the morning, you need to say, praise God, thank you God for this beautiful day. Oh, but it's raining and it's cold. No, no. Thank you God for this beautiful day. Why? Because you're still alive. You're still breathing. You've still got a mental faculty who can think. You've still got health in your body. Oh, but you don't know about my leg and you don't know about my back. And oh, you don't know about this. Yes, I don't know about it. I don't want to know, but I don't know about it. But here's the thing, brother and sister, you are still alive. He still gave you another day in this paradise that he made called earth. What are you going to do with that day? Are you going to stand up there and say, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. I know it is raining outside. I know it is this. I know the wind's blowing. I know there's a lot of pollen in the air. But, Lord, I am available for you today. Use me the way that you want to use me. Is that your prayer? Be careful if you pray that prayer because he might use you. There might be somebody at work who sits there and who needs somebody to talk to. But if you are available, he will know that. You see, that's changing your agenda. Cutting away from your agenda. Cutting away from your will. I want to do this and I want to go there and I want all of these I wants there. Didn't you know that the Bible actually says that he direct your footsteps? Do you know that? It's in the Bible. You see, I meet people... And I asked the Lord, Lord, what is the reason why these people crossed my paths? You're sitting in this church. Let's go back three, four years ago. I reckon a lot of people in this church, we didn't even know each other, did we? Did we? Our relationship for some of us is only a year, two, three years. Five years ago, ten years ago. Did you know John Shipman? 
Who's that dude? I don't know him. But now we know each other. We've learned to know each other, didn't we? So here is the question, brothers and sisters. Why in the world did God allow Philip, your and my life, to cross? Why? Have you ever asked God that question? Why? Will, why? Why are you sitting here today? Why am I preaching to you here today? Why are we going afterwards and shaking each other's hands? Why are we talking, Glenn? Why, brother? Hey, Janelle, you come, you come from India. I come from South Africa. How is it that God all this way brought it together that we spend time together? It is to know and to build relationships, to learn from one another, and to share with one another, and to bless one another. That is what it is. You say, but what blessing am I to you? You preach every Sunday. That fit. No, no. You bless me. You bless me to see how God works in your life. The question is just this. Are you available to recognize that? Are you available for God to use you in that way? It's wonderful, isn't it? I love God's Word. I love Him. You see, uh, in Timothy, I like this when Timothy writes, uh, Paul writes to Timothy, he says in 2 Timothy 2.20, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. I like this. This is fantastic to me. In a great house, now some say that the great house he's talking about there is the church, I want to slightly disagree. I reckon the great house is the whole earth. And it says in the great house, they are not only vessels of gold and silver. Who loves gold and silver? We all do, don't we? We polish it, don't we? We go over there and we polish it. And what do we do? If you walk into my house, I'm not going to put the, the gold and the silver in the cupboards. Where do I put it? Out for everybody to see, don't we? Look at it, man. I'm so proud of my gold. I'm so proud of my silver. This is in the house also. What he's referring to is people here. There's people who's like gold and people like silver. But he says not only that, there's also vessels of wood and clay. Wood and clay. Some for honor and some for dishonor. What does he mean by that? He says there's gold and silver, wood and clay. Some is for the honor of God and some is for the dishonor. And then he says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified and useful for the master prepared for a good work. You say, but explain to me this. This is only how God works. God can use anybody. Listen to me. God can use anybody on the face of the earth to do his work. Whether they are Christians or not. You say, What? Yes. Can he use um, somebody like, uh, let's call it Donald Trump? Yes, he can. Can he use somebody like um, the mullah from Iran? Yes, he can. You go, what? Do you want to mean that some things these people do can be all playing part of God's plan? Yes. That's what I'm saying. You think of the most wildest terrorist that's out there, or the, wild, the world leader, you know, Kim Jong-un. Did I say that right? You say, can God use Kim Jong-un? I say, yes, God can. Because he's done it before. He's done it before. You remember when the nation was back in the day in, in Egypt? What happened? God said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And what did Pharaoh go? Did Pharaoh go, nah. 
No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let them go. I want to suggest to you that God used Pharaoh to say, nah, I'm not going to do it. I want to suggest to you that. In fact, I want to tell you that. I'm not suggesting it. That's what God did. God used Pharaoh to show the people how God is going to pull them out in a miraculous way. It's not because of their own efforts. And if you want to go and check me on this, go and read Romans chapter 9 verse 14. There Paul tells the Romans, he writes it there, he says, God made Pharaoh's heart hard not to let the people go. So God used Pharaoh. He used Pharaoh. This man who wasn't the child of God, this man who was an unbeliever, this... This Egyptian, he used him. And so God do that. Nebuchadnezzar. You can think of all of these. The question is, you know, in this house, it doesn't matter whether you're gold or silver. You're sitting here this morning, you say, well, preacher, some days I feel like clay. You know, the only important part of this scripture verse is, verse 21, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor. If you feel like wood, you can still be a vessel of honor for God. All he's looking for is your availability. Availability. I need to hurry on. You see, there's a lot of ways that you can be useful to God. The question is only, are you available? There's a lot of ways. Did you know that you can be useful for God? A lot of ways. Let me give you a few. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. How does availability look like? Peter writes, he says, But the end of all things is at hand. Who knows that? The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. How can you be available? By praying. You can walk away from this church today and say, Lord, in 2020, I want to pray more. I want to be more on my knees. I want to call out for this neighborhood. Lord, we are now going into our fourth year here at the Bethel funeral place. We are four years now, Father. I don't pray for God to fill the chairs. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not one of those ministers. I pray for God to fill these chairs with needy people. That's what I'm praying for. People who's going to come in here who need God. Do you know people like that in your life, if you quickly think about that? Have you seen where you walk every day in your neighborhoods and so on, and you go, man, that person needs God. That's the type of people I'm praying for. You can be available for God in prayer. This church needs prayer warriors, if I want to call them that. This church needs intercessors. You know what an intercessor is? If we hear about David and we hear that he's in hospital, this is the people who prays for a whole week, for two weeks for this man who they don't even know. This is what prayer intercessor sees. This is like people who knows about Kylie when she talks about a grandmom who goes, I am not going to rest until I keep on praying and praying and praying. My life is going to be consumed by prayer for a soul. That is what an intercessor is. Are you available? You say, I can't preach. I'm not a Hudson Taylor. But you can pray. And you don't have to go and stand on a stage and pray all these beautiful prayers that everybody goes, whoa, when that man opens his mouth, when that woman opens up her mouth, she prays the most beautiful prayers. No, no, you can go in your inner closet. You can go at night time. You can pray right through the night if you want to for Kylie's grandmother. Will you do that? Are you available for that? Here is somebody who comes out and says, My 
Paul. I can see the agony. But here's the thing. You, some people want to become able. Teach us to pray. No, no. Be available. Just go on your knees and every time this week, call her mother's, her grandmother's name out and say, Father, save her soul. Father, save her soul. Give me China or I'll die. That's what Hudson Taylor said. Father, give us the soul or I'll die. Be born into this. Be available for God through prayer. There's one way you can do that. He says, watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love. You see, love is something. It's a decision. Love is not an emotion. Oh, listen, brother, listen, sister, I'm going to love you when I feel like it. When that feeling comes over me, I'm going to love you. That doesn't work that way. Love is a decision. This is something that you can do. This world needs people who can love. Do you know that? Not fake people. Not hypocrites. Not actors. We in this church need people who can love. And I must, I thank God. You know, when I come to this church and I see how people just help, we, there's no rules and regulations in this church apart the Word of God. Here is our rules and regulations. It's right here. There's no membership that you signed up for this. Our membership is through the Word of God. You love God. You want to serve God. You're welcome. All I ask of you is what Peter writes down there, what Jesus Christ says. Love one another. But because I said love is not an emotion, it's a decision, you, guess what, need to be available to love. Yes? You need to be available to love. Again, Robin Wentz, he was available. He said to these people, I'm opening up my house to you. Total strangers, come on in. Spend a day with me. Ask the question. I'm available to love. I'm available. You know what love is? You read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, what is love? Love is giving, giving, giving. That's what love is. Giving, giving your time, giving your finances sometimes, giving, you know, what is it? What is everything? That is what love is. Are you available? That's the question for one to another. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable. There we go. Hospitality is valuable and it's needed in your world today. It's needed in your church. Be hospitable. Are you available for that? These are all the questions. Hospital without grumbling. Oh, I love it. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Oh, I guess I better do it. I best say. And I must say, I thank the Lord again for very hospitable people in our church. But you need to be available to that. And each one has received a gift to minister to one another. A good steward of manifold grace of God. Be a steward. You need to be available to be a steward to, to the manifold grace of God. Um, if anyone speaks, let him speak the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do us the ability of God that supplies. That in all things God may be glorified. You see, brother and sister, God's got a message. He's got a message. It's the gospel. And He wants available people. That's what He wants, not able people. He wants people who say, I'm available. Use me. 
I'm available, Lord. Work, Holy Spirit, through me. Laugh. Lord, I want to I laugh, people. Touch others through me. That's availability. In Isaiah chapter 6, you remember when Isaiah was in the temple and God filled the temple with his presence and he falls down and he says, Lord, I am amongst people with evil lips. Um, uh, and, and you know, he was sitting there and an angel came from the altar with a coal of fire and touched his lips. And right after that, in Isaiah 6 verse 8, he heard, also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? That's the same words today to you and to me. God is calling out in this church. God is calling out through my voice wherever this message will go. God is calling out these words. He says, whom shall I send and who will go for us? That's what God's calling out. He's using people to touch people. I know, I know in the world there's a lot of people who want to have funny stuff, you know, uh, um, angel feathers coming down and gold dust. No, no. God's using people. Who will go? And what did he say? Isaiah said, then I said, here am I, send me. And then he said, go and tell these people. The question this morning is, is are you available? Are you available? In Matthew chapter 28, we find that he gives us the great commission. Matthew 28, 19, he says, go therefore. You see the two when he called out to Isaiah, he says, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And then he said, Send me. And what did he say? Go and tell these people. Jesus Christ himself with his disciples says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. All the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. Availability is important. You see, he's not looking for able people. He's looking for available people. You say, but I first want to finish this course, how to deal with people. Don't. Just be available. Say, Lord, touch people through me. Holy Spirit, work through me. That's what he asked for. Now let's go back to our narrative. And we, we look at Mark 3.13. He says, and when he went up on the mountain, he called those to himself he wanted. You see, Jesus Christ called the people he wanted. It's not just a turn up here. The multitudes were there, but he called a specific number, and they came to him. The calling is out there this morning for you to be available. But he's not going to force you. You have to come to him and say, Lord, I'm available. I'm available. Then he appointed twelve, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have power to heal the sickness, and to cast out demons. The question is, why twelve? Why not twenty? Why not thirty? Why not? I mean, there was a multitude, he could pick a lot. Well, the thing is, it goes back to the Old Testament, the twelve tribes. Um, but the twelve, number twelve also symbolizes perfection and universal, uh, university. So the perfectness. So he appointed these twelve, and I, and I want you to see that they might be with him. You see that? That they might be with him. You remember when these disciples came out in the book of Acts, the people looked at them and they say, these are fishermen. They're not people who trained in universities, but they said they were with Jesus. 
He's calling you this morning, firstly, to be with Him. To be available to be with Him. To be available to be worked through you. That's what He calls. They would be with Him. And that He might send them out to do what? To preach. And to have the power to heal sickness and to cast demons. First of all, to preach, and then the signs will follow. You know, a lot of people ask me, they say, what about the signs? When are we going to have a healing service? No, no, we preach the gospel of God. He heals the soul, then He heals the body. That's how it works. Right through the Bible. He went up on the mountain. And in Luke chapter 6 verse 12 said that He actually prayed the whole night. Look at this. Jesus just preached to the whole people. He went up on the mountain and He prayed right through the night before He selected these twelve. And he called his 12 disciples to him. That's a long prayer. But it's an important prayer. Because these men that he will choose, which he will select, which he will appoint, they will carry the message of the cross, which is a serious event. These 12 had to carry that message. <clears throat> he chose them. They didn't choose him. But you see, you had to spend time with Jesus to be able to preach about Him. And it's so unfortunately that the pulpit has been watered down these days. You go to universities and you sit in university and they teach you out of books for three to four years to become a pastor and then you stand behind a pulpit. Never spend time with Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, I've got my piece of paper here on the wall. Oh, look, oh, that's me. Happy snap, you know, all of these nice things. I've done all of that but they've never been with Jesus. You see, he called these men to him. They spent time with him. They had a relationship with him. Then they went out. Listen to Paul. And Paul, when he talks about the table of the Lord, he says, that which I received, I give unto you. If I don't spend time with Jesus, if I don't know Jesus, how can I talk about him to you? If he's not real in my life, if he's just in the books of a university where you can read about it, and that's where he stays, how can I give you the words of life? So these men came, he appointed the twelve. Now this was the rule of law, the appointment. It is called deputus non potest to patere. Deputus non potest to patere. What does it mean? That's Latin. It means that he that is only appointed himself cannot appoint others. That's a rule that they had in their law. And this is why the Pharisees didn't accept him as Christ. They said, oh, we went into the universities. And we studied. And we are now all of these scholars and, you know, we are the, 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 you know, the teachers and so on. And we appoint people. But if you were appointed, you can't appoint others. And this is where Christ is different. Because our Lord Jesus Christ had life in Himself. He wasn't appointed by man. He was God Himself. And thus He could appoint others. So that rule didn't apply to Him. But let's quickly look at His men and then we'll pray. Really interesting bunch of men He got together. You know, if I would have been there, I, I wouldn't have selected half of these men. I would look at them and go, nah, 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 nah. Give me your CV. Nah, nah, it doesn't work for me. 
I wouldn't have selected half of them. These men here, he goes through Simon Peter, the sons of Zebedee, <coughs> John the same. You see this name of here, the sons of thunder? This gives you an indication that these men might have had a short fuse. You could trip them up really quickly and they get really angry really quickly. Short fuse. Would you pick them to take the message of the cross to the world? I mean, these men were with Jesus once. And when Jesus brought a message, they said, Lord, let us call fire from heaven to burn them. Would you pick them to bring the message of the cross to people? I don't think so. But yet Jesus did. And these other people, look at this man here. Simon the Zealot. You see that? In some translations it says Simon the Canaanite. But the real translation, the right translation was the Zealot. What was the Zealot back in the day? Back in the day they had a group of people who went up against the Roman government. They didn't like the oppression. And these men would stand in the crowd, they would have a knife with them, and they would look at these Romans coming past, and they would literally go, because they were so zealous for their cause, they would go out, quickly stab the man in the back two or three times, put back and disappear in the crowd. He was part of that political party, this man. Why would Jesus choose a man like that? Simon the Zealot. Part of this, uh, you know, I'm not saying he killed anybody. I don't know. It's nowhere to be found. But he was part of that group who killed people. They killed really important Romans. Zealots. And Jesus chose them. Then we have these fishermen. Peter, James, John, these men. They were in the fishing business. What did they know about preaching the message of the cross? What did they know about preaching to people? What did they know about praying? And then we have Matthew. You see this man here? The tax collector. I've had a sermon a few Sundays, a, a few months ago. He was a hated man. He was a tax collector. Why would Jesus choose him? And then you can go right through the list. You know, Thomas the unbeliever, the sons of, of Alpheus, Thaddeus, Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. And all of these men he chose and they went into his house. But you see, brothers and sisters, sometimes you learn something from people when you see how they died. This is what I quickly want to show you. These men were available and the Spirit of God worked through them. They came to him, spent time with him. Simon Peter, he was over six months in a dungeon uh, under the earth where they had the human waste going in. It was written that he was standing knee-deep in human waste for weeks on end. Some people died in that of the gases. You know what I'm talking about. Shurich farms. This was in the dungeon. For six months, they say, Simon Peter was standing there, chained. He survived that. Then they pulled him out and said they wanted to kill him. And he walked out and he says, I will not be killed like my Lord. And they crucified him upside down. That's a man who was available. His whole life he preached the gospel. Andrew, he went to the land of the man-eaters in Asia Minor. He ended up in Russia and in Turkey. And he was also crucified. You see, these men were only, they were fishermen. But they said, Lord, I'm available, work through me. And he went all the way to Russia, to Turkey, preached the gospel. Thomas, he went to Syria and he ended up in India. And in India he was pierced 
by four soldiers. He was killed. Uh, Philip, Philip went to North Africa, and he, he, he had a really bad death uh, at, at the, um, the Aeopagras. Got to get my English right. Aeopagras, because he converted the wife of the Roman proconsul. He converted her. He, he preached to her the gospel, and they were so mad at him. And you know what they did? They hanged him upside down with two steel hooks through his legs. You say, well, this is horrible. This is terrible. But these people were available. They said, Lord, doesn't matter whether we die. We're available to work through us. Matthew went to Persia, to Ethiopia. He was beheaded there. Jude, he went to Persia. He was crucified. Bartholomew, he went to Arabia and he was whipped to death. James, there were two Jameses, the son of uh, James the Minor and uh, the son uh, uh, who wrote the book of James. They were stoned and clubbed to death. Simon the Zealot, the man, you know, which I explained to you, he went to Persia. And then they caught him and they, they said to him, we want you to sacrifice to the sun God. And he refused and they killed him. Matthias, he went to Syria and burned to death. And John, our dear beloved John, who wrote the Revelation, he was in Ephesus, the pastor of Ephesus. They exiled him. He was the only one who died a natural death. These men, you know when Jesus said, they will persecute me, they will come after you as well. That's true. It's interesting about John. We read that the Romans took him. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to shut him up. And they put him into boiling oil, a pot of boiling oil. And he didn't hurt him. He didn't kill him. He didn't hurt his body at all. They pulled him out and put him on the Isle of Patmos. Are you available? You see, these were his men. He chose them. In Mark chapter 3 verse 20, he says, Then the multitude came together again, so that they could not as much eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went out, lay hold of him, and said, He is out of his mind. He's going crazy. So, brother and sister, the question this morning before we pray is, are you available this year? What does availability look for you in your life? Are you available to serve in the church? Are you available to serve God in your workplace? Are you available to serve God in your family home? Are you available in your relationships? This is the question. These men, when they were called, were available. They stepped up. They paid the price. Are you available to pay the price? You say, you took availability and you show us these really, really nasty, crude ways how the disciples died. Why would you do that, preacher? I want to tell you that it, it's going to cost you a price when you're available. I'm not telling you a sweet story here. God's not looking for uh, able people. You know, you come to me and you tell me that, you know, you've studied all of these scriptures and you've done this and you've done that. And yeah, that's the ability and I'm going really good on you. But are you available for God to use that now? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for this word. And as, as we see how Jesus called his disciples to himself and they spent time with him because they were available. Father, I want to I phrase in this year, say, Lord, I'm available. I'm available for this year, Lord. 
I'm available to spend time with you, to learn from you, to hear from you, to read your word, to pray to you, Father, to love people, Father. I'm available to be hospitable this year. I'm available, Father, to, to use my legs, my hands, my time, Father, to worship and to serve you, 